and welcome to the next episode of the Endeavor You podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf, and I am going to have two guests on this episode that I will be speaking with. Um, you'll be hearing from them momentarily. Uh, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we're going to be discussing today. And it's a topic that has come up time and time again that I felt really important, especially for the students, parents, and teachers who are listening at home. And that is the topic of Wikipedia. For those of you not familiar, uh, Wikipedia is an online encyclopedia which is edited not by professional editors like the Encyclopedia Britannica of our youth, but by users. Any user can join up and become a, a volunteer editor. This has led to certain problems where when a public figure, a celebrity, has done something embarrassing in the public sphere or uh, polarizing politically, for example, uh, users can log on and change that public figure's entry to something rude or insulting. Uh, many public figures have professionals who write their own entries for them. Companies do that as well. This has led many in the academic fields to declare Wikipedia not a viable resource for research. While others say Wikipedia is a great place to start, but not necessarily uh, the best place to finish when doing research when you're a student. We're going to look at two different points of view, and I'll be introducing my two guests momentarily. So I'm here with Dr. Annalisa Gypsy Murphy, a college professor, who will uh, provide us with one perspective on Wikipedia and its use in academic research, whether at the high school, college levels, or beyond. Uh, what do you prefer to be called? Um, I like Gypsy. Everybody calls me Gypsy. Great. Thank you. So Gypsy, uh, before we begin on the issue, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a Native American, Scotch-Irish, Jewish college professor who is interdisciplinary in the true sense of the word, not just like I dabble. Like, I have done master's degree programs in literature, sociology, Holocaust and genocide studies, and museum studies. I have a doctorate in sociology of gender, specializing in Native American literature as social protest writing. Um, so I've been a professor of political science, history, ethnic studies, sociology, psychology, women's studies, English, and I think that covers it for teaching. And I did a postdoc um, exploring Jews in the Middle Ages at Oxford, just because that was for a hobby, because that seemed fun. And so I like school, I like, I like knowledge and different ways of categorizing and cataloging knowledge and information. So suffice it to say, you've taught quite a few classes and worked with quite a few students. Yeah, I've taught, I actually added it up, and I've taught close to 200 classes in the last 20 years, and I've had over 4,000 students. So in that time, in that wide variety of classes, in that wide variety of subjects, you've probably assigned quite a few research papers, anything from a response paper of a few pages up through longer uh, written projects. Yes. So what is a typical written assignment you might assign? Um, it depends. What I'm really interested in always is their voice. Um, I think it's pedagogically dishonest to tell a student not to use their voice, though that is a school of thought for a lot of Comp 1 teachers. You know, you cite other sources and 
I think it's gross because what's the point of being involved in academia if your you isn't front and center? Now that said, they have to be taught to kind of they say, I say, enter the academic conversation rather than just sounding like the comment section of any given horrible news article. So I teach them that. There's actually a good book um, I'm teaching English this year called They Say, I Say, where it teaches them how to enter a conversation. Like, what is it the what you're engaging says? Now what do you say? Why for you? So when I do assignments, almost all of them require them to... I tell them to engage the text either like it's a dance, them and the text. I want to why that for them, but I want them to go back and forth with the text. Or right now at um, Boston College, they have an assignment where they have to pick any of the 15 readings from this module, any two, and then with their own narrative voice, why that for them. I said it's like braiding. Each article and them, three pieces, and I want to know what you see as commonalities between the articles or dissonance or whatever it is, but why that for them. And it's been hard for them because they're like, well, you mean you want the I voice? You don't want me to just quote what other people said? I'm like, no, why this for you? But not just go down into your dissolving into a page of just me, me, me. I'm like, constantly be aware that the text is your guide. You've spoken a lot just now about text. So when I think of research, when I work with my high school students, we're talking about text. So this was te- these are texts, for example, these articles you mentioned, that were assigned in your class. Yes. So when a student has to do a paper where they're given a more carte blanche uh, assignment uh, from a teacher, college professor, high school teacher, that they can go out and do research on a topic. So for example, if we're talking about a high school student who has U.S. History 2 right. as a junior or a senior, and the teacher says, okay, the assignment is World War II. Go pick a thesis statement, go write a a three to eight page paper, go. That student has to go out and find that material. It's not assigned to them in that sense. Right. So one of the big uh, places to find information for a lot of students historically has been the encyclopedia. But since the advent of the internet, the classic traditional encyclopedia, whether it's Britannica or any others, has kind of gone the way of the dinosaur or the dodo, and the most common resource available to most people is Wikipedia, the uh, internet edited, so to speak, uh, encyclopedia-esque resource. Yep. Uh, when a student is given an assignment of that nature, uh, from you, what is your response when someone wants to use Wikipedia in any way, shape, or form? Um, Well, they get an automatic F on any assignment that cites Wikipedia, ever, for any reason. And I know it sounds harsh, and I I preface it, and I talk to them about it, and I put in writing that that's what's going to happen. So if nothing else, they just can't follow simple instructions if they do that. Right. But I also explain, look, I'm not saying Wikipedia doesn't sometimes have good information. I'm not even saying that the, and I tell them it's blue because they need to be led sometimes, that the blue hyperlinks at the bottom that lead them to the source material utilized in a Wikipedia article might not have a bevy of useful information. What I tell them is then follow the links. Go to the original source that Wikipedia is using or in some cases claims to be using and then verify that because sometimes they will find it is wildly inaccurate and that's something that they need to do as scholars entering into a dialogue and a conversation. Aside from the fact that people can edit Wikipedia incorrectly or Wikipedia itself can deny fundamental truth if it wants to and when you edit it, which I have done on one case just as a case and study because this one web one page bugged me, 
they constantly deny my edits. And I'm like, well, that's just silly. Wait, you're saying that you've gone on as an internet user? Right. And attempted to edit Wikipedia as they say pretty much anybody could? And yet... No, they stand for a minute until they take it away. So I'm able to until whatever powers that be quote unquote correct it but they don't they're not correcting it they're omitting and I give them the backup the source you know like source material saying look what I'm telling you about this it specifically is the town of Anna Illinois I'm telling you the history of this is a sundowner town which is the racist um idea and legislative reality that black people were not allowed in these towns after sundown is true or at least provable that my claim about Anna Illinois and claims are factual and they keep deleting it and that bugs me. I see. Well, I can imagine that, that that would bug me as well. So what recommendations do you have for students given a more open-ended assignment where it doesn't come from the readings in class as you previously described? Right. Uh, where should students start? Where, where should students go to, to begin a search for information on a topic Especially if they're a high school student and they don't have as much experience necessarily uh, managing a library as a college student might. Well, I always tell them to go old school. Like right now, um, I'm teaching English 112. And um, it's the follow-up at Endicott College where they did 111 in the fall, 112 in the spring, and 112 is thematic. So my theme is whiteness, which is a lot of fun. And so their second assignment is a lit review. None of them have ever done a lit review, so that's new. Could you explain what a lit review is for any of our listeners at home who don't know what that sure. is? Um, where they pick um, a topic or statement, and I give them like 15 of them, like that Asians are naturally good at math, that black people are better athletes because it's whiteness and racism. And then they examine the literature that addresses that issue. So they would pick what they did, like say they picked the stereotype that Asians are good at math, which of course is not true and racist. And so they were going to review the literature about that. So that's their thing they're going to look at. They have to have three sources. So I tell them that they need to consider what is a viable source. And so I walk them through five prompts of picking source one, source two, source three, how to integrate it. And I take them through how to go to the library, how to search the library's resources, how to identify if it's an academic journal versus somebody's blog. And so I know they don't know that because they've cited things that are insane and that's the other factor the caveat I always say if it sounds insane try to back it up or triple check sources that's another rule I give them because like I know one site that's mildly academic says W.B. Du Bois's birthday is not the right one so if I'm having them research him and they give me that wrong birthday I'll know they didn't triple check they just one checked so I'm like triple checking always backs you up because if one is right you give two you're like this says this this says this the third check almost always gives you the correct one um, and then dig deeper. Like one kid did a presentation about abortion once and cited this statistic, and I use that term loosely, that 90% of women go home and kill themselves after obtaining an abortion. And I was like, and he presented that like fact because it was on a blog. And I was like, okay, but that's where you have to say, does that sound right to you? Like considering numbers and abortion and how many are supposed to you hear about these nine out of 10 women just dying? This, And so... All of those things have to be front and center. So in the lit review, they have to pick scholarly articles. Um, .org, .edu can usually be a good guide that you're on the right track versus .com. Um, but then look at how the journal is put forth, who's publishing it, if it's someone you've heard of, is it, if it's a journal, is it peer-reviewed, or again, is it just someone's opinion? And if they're citing things, follow the source. Always follow the source, which is 
you know, back to Wikipedia. They can use it, but they can't cite Wikipedia. They need to follow what Wikipedia says. And I discovered that Wikipedia is often wrong when, in 2010, a student turned in an article for Native American studies. Again, they got to pick their own research topic. She was doing Native American women um, writers, and she cited that the first Native American woman and writer was in Canada was Jeanette Armstrong's 1985 book, Slash. And I was like, that's not true. Where did you get that from? And she said, I did what you said. I went to Wikipedia, but I followed their link and it took me to the University of Minnesota website and they backed up this claim. But then they actually started a journal that doesn't even exist. Like somebody made up a journal to validate this erroneous claim. Because that's not the first Native American First Nations woman writer, period. The first is Lee Marikel's 1967 Bobby Lee Indian Rebel. Interestingly enough, Wikipedia literally writes a whole thing on Lee Marikel and has that source, which means it contradicts itself, which is internally vexing to me. Well, that is incredibly helpful, and thank you so much. Um, hopefully, uh, the folks listening at home can learn from this and uh, follow the lead all the way back to the original source and uh, continue to do better research. Dr. Uh, Annalise Gypsy Murphy, uh, thank you so much, and... Uh, Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Have a great day. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, I have now with me Melissa Jackson, who is a librarian at the high school for the Mystic Valley Regional Charter School. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. No problem. Um, before we begin, is there anything you wanted to tell us about yourself? Uh, I am a librarian here at Mystic Valley. I have spent my uh, adult life as an actor and a director which involves a lot of research, like a whole research package, each production. Worked in historical societies, and um, I enjoy what I do. Great. Thank you so much. So I've asked you to speak with me uh, because this episode is about uh, re research in general, but Wikipedia in specific, the question is, uh, what are the positives and negatives of Wikipedia? Uh, and so... I wanted to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on Wikipedia as a tool, as a resource, etc.? Yeah, Wikipedia gets a bad rap. It, uh, it's like the big, you know, the, the little brother that gets uh, teased a lot in research. But it's a pretty great resource to use when you're doing an initial overlook of what your subject matter is. Uh, it gives you some great initial information and uh, some good parameters of what your subject is about and uh, then what the great part is about it is uh, when you scroll to the bottom of the article uh, there are sources to look at and some of them are fantastic depending on what the article is what the subject is some of them are fantastic to look at and to draw from to do your research on one of the reasons why I have found that so many students utilize Wikipedia to the point of depending on Wikipedia is the digitization of information and the, uh, dare we say it, death of the paper encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, how different is Wikipedia from what the paper encyclopedias were back in the day? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Wikipedia will give you a kind of a... Well, it is encyclopedia. It, it you know, it will give you the, uh, the let's say, um, it'll give you article about uh, 
the beginning of the subject. It'll give you statistics about the subject. It'll give you a back history of the subject. So there'll be ongoing uh, articles about the subject. Um, but unlike a paper encyclopedia, you don't have to go maybe to another volume to find out uh, the other part of the article. So you're not kind of randomly going to a different volume or to a different section of the encyclopedia in, in its whole to find. The, the, the article is full-bodied, full and because it's digitalized, you can click the link and go immediately to whatever else you need to find, which is great. Now, some of our listeners are high school students yeah. or college students, and some of our listeners are parents, teachers, uh, folks who've been out of school for a while. So some of our younger students might, even, might not have any experience with paper encyclopedias, whereas our uh, adult listeners might have had experience when they were in school. One of the things that always surprised me is how long it takes to write an encyclopedia and how much time there was between editions. Uh, what's the biggest difference in that sense yeah. with Wikipedia? Yeah, uh, I grew up with a uh, world book encyclopedia and an Encyclopedia Britannica set in my home. And I would research a subject and I would have them opened and there. And they would be there. They were there for decades. And that's what I used to write my research papers on. And uh, they were not updated often. They were, what, every five, ten years they would be updated. Um so a lot would change every edition, whereas Wikipedia is updated, it's fluid, like it's updated daily uh, based on who's, you know, can contribute to that article. So it's live. It's a live encyclopedia being updated as you are, as we're sitting here now, it's articles are being updated with uh, new reports, which is fantastic. Um, very current very current um, but you have to you know that's that's where the Wikipedia gets its bad rep is who's contributing to the article and that's the problem yeah. you want to get that scholarly you want to get those credible so people reporting on the articles I know what you mean though about the uh, encyclopedias we had an encyclopedia set in my house that my parents had uh, invested in it was yeah. quite expensive hundreds of dollars you get a volume a month until you get the whole set uh, in fact I kept the atlas uh, book that went came with uh, that because of my interest in maps and I still have it today and I showed my uh, my own children that book and they were fascinated to identify some of the countries that don't no longer yeah. exist yes 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 <laughs> and so they're like daddy what's Yugoslavia well that's a whole lot of information right there well we we use a hard copy set of encyclopedias at the lower school to teach the kids about researching learning about research and how to look up items in an encyclopedia as well as using a dictionary um, for the sake of... Some things don't necessarily change. Leonardo da Vinci hasn't changed since he died. <laughs> well, Although some items about his life may have changed. Right. I mean, there are new, we always are learning new things about things in the past, but one of the things you brought up uh, about that in, in comparison to what you said earlier was um, how Wikipedia responds to current information, and that includes current events. Right. There could be... Uh, a space launch. There could be a, an election in some other country. There could be some major world event, and then all of a sudden, there's a new article, right, on Wikipedia. Um, what are your biggest concerns when those new 
bits of information, whether it's a tragedy or a joy, shows up on Wikipedia. Well, that's when you have to go to those standard, standard ways of vetting a good source. Where is the source coming from? Uh, you've got to look at the credibility of where that information is coming from. And, you've, and that's where you have to be you know, solid in what that information is. So is it uh, coming from a blog? Is it coming from a news site that is a commercial news site? Is it coming from an educational? Uh, is it coming from a university? Is it coming from a uh, news source that is a credible news source, like uh, the New York Times, Washington Post? Uh, is it coming from um, a, a scholarly source? Is it coming from uh, you know a, a, a scientific journal? Is it coming from you know dot edu dot guv, or is it coming from you know dot com dot whatever? You know, that's mm -hmm. what you need to look at. Um, for, my, for my own circumstances as a librarian, kids will come and ask me to find them a book on something so uh, specific and something they're looking for. I don't actually quite know what the subject matter is. I'll quickly search it up and I can use Wikipedia to get more of a handle on what their subject is. They'll be asking for something super specific. I'll look it up. Wikipedia will give me a general overlay of what that subject is, the time period from which it rests. And then I can kind of get an idea of, mm -hmm. oh, it's something in World War II or something in the Renaissance. And then I can help them find books that can support their research. So this will be students coming to you with questions for an assignment for class. For exactly, example. exactly. And so they're talking about a topic that might be extremely specific, a particular historical figure, and no one person can be expected to know all the names and remember everybody. Exactly. And we're, you know, kind of a limited library. We're a school library. We're, you know, I mean, we have resources to touch on that, but I myself don't know everything about every single thing in history. You know. Oh, wait, are you telling me that a librarian doesn't know everything about everything? <laughs> right, but I, I, I know how to find it. <laughs> oh, okay. For a second there, my, my, my dreams and aspirations were shattered. I know, I, I know. Uh, I'm feeling yeah. much better now. Yeah, a student came up to me a couple of years ago and asked me to find books on the White Rose Society. Now, off the top of my head, at that juncture, I didn't know what the White Rose Society was, so I was like, hold on a minute, and I quickly looked up what the White Rose Society was, and it was a res resistance organization during Nazi-occupied World War II, and they were res in Germany, and they were resisting the Nazis and what they were doing. And uh, so then I was like, oh, okay, this is World War II, this is resistance, this is Germany. So then I was able to kind of, through that Wikipedia article, I scrolled down. There were fantastic primary sources available at the Wikipedia uh, article in the references in the references primary sources that I was able to you know look at and you know off you know the kid could see but also I was able to find out what what it was so I could help the student find some books here in the library so to sum up one might say that Wikipedia is a good place to begin research not the place you want to end oh, your research never, yeah you never want to cite Wikipedia you, you use it, it's a tool. It's a wonderful tool. But you, it's not an end place to go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. This has been very helpful. Um, any last thoughts on your mind? Or? Be wise using Wikipedia. Use it to start. 
Make sure, though, that you use a credible source. Use the scholarly sources. Use a wise source and know how to find them. Well, that's great advice. Uh, Melissa Jackson, librarian at Mystic Valley Regional Charter High School. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I would like to thank Professor Annalise Gypsy Murphy and Melissa Jackson of Mystic Valley Regional Charter High School for joining me on the podcast today to discuss Wikipedia, its positives and negatives. I'd also like to thank uh, Mystic Valley and the school library for hosting that part of the podcast recording and uh, the Starbucks near Endicott College for letting us record there. Um, So thanks so much to both of my guests and thank you for listening into this episode. Um, Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or any other service uh, that you like to use in whatever app you like to use, or you can leave a comment or rating in any of those services. That'll just help us uh, with other folks getting to know us. Uh, Please feel free to share and uh, talk about uh, your experience listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hope to talk to you next time. And in the meanwhile, let's all keep learning. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.